BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. What's up, music lovers? You're listening to Right Nowish. I'm Marisol Medina Cadena, the producer of this podcast, and I'll be hosting today's episode. The thing I love about jazz is the way sounds ebb and flow into each other. In one part of a song, horns might be the main feature, totally razzle-dazzle, but then the upright bass will get its moment and bring us down to earth with a stripped-down solo. A little later, the flute and saxophone emerge with deep resonance. Sometimes the interplay is chaotic. Sometimes it's smooth. To my ears, jazz is a community in sound, where each instrument really gets to shine, but also comes together to create this sonic playground. In the Right Nowish series, Liner Notes, we're spotlighting some players in the Bay Area's jazz scene who are leaving their mark. Meet Lydia Rodriguez. Raised in Stockton, now based in San Jose, Lydia is a baritone saxophone player and music educator who is spreading a message of peace and love through her sax. Trained in jazz, she now plays a bit of everything, including hip-hop, cumbia, and electronic. We talk about claiming space in male-dominated music spaces and what it means to bring her full self into the music and classroom. Stay with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. You've been playing music since you were nine, and now you're this badass saxophone player. 
but you actually got put onto the saxophone in an almost kind of accidental way. Can you take us back to 13-year-old you and how this happened? So it's one of my favorite stories to tell, actually. I broke my flute and I didn't just like drop it or anything, you know, I got so curious. There's a lot of little screws on a flute. So I went in and I just unscrewed all the screws, but I broke it. Um, and I went to a summer music camp. I got there a little late, I guess. And all the little girls had already checked out all the flutes that were there because, you know, I had broken my. There was a teacher, her name was Miss Florick, and she was a saxophone player. And she came up to me and she goes, oh, why don't you just play alto sax? It's pretty much the same thing. And in my head, I was like, those look like two totally different things. But I really wanted to be in the music camp. So I was like, all right, I'll play sax. And from then on, I actually got stuck on it. And I played alto sax for about six months only. And then right when I got into high school, um, I started to play baritone sax almost immediately. Yeah, the baritone sax is like such a unique instrument. I mean, it's for people who don't know, it's the biggest of all the saxophones. It's like plays the lower notes um, and it's actually the heaviest. So like, why were you called to the baritone saxophone? I can remember wanting to play it because I actually saw another female. She was playing Barry sax um, while my sister was in jazz band. And I always thought like, wow, she just sounds so big. Her sound is just so amazing. I always wanted to sound really big. So that was my first inspiration. And actually the way that I was able to do it was that in my jazz band in my freshman year, there was nobody who was playing Barry sax. And at the moment, not too many people wanted to. Um, so the teacher kind of just asked all of us, does anyone want to switch to Barry sax? Me and another young man raised our hands, just me, just two people. So he goes, all right, cool. Um, come back next week with a reed, which is a little bam piece of bamboo you need to put um, to produce sound. So I bought like two to three reeds. I was like prepared. And then the, when the week came, the other um, young dude, he just didn't have anything. He didn't bring any reeds. He just wasn't prepared, you know. I probably could have given him a reed so he could do it. But in my head, I was like, <laughs> nah, I want this. I'm going to keep it. So I just used my reeds and they're like, oh, Lydia's prepared. She gets it. From then, I was like, yes, finally, I could sound big. I got landed on Barry Sachs ever, ever since. Is that common within um, saxophone players to call the baritone Barry? I just think that's such a cute um, nickname. Barry Sachs is, is super common. And in high school, we had a, there was like actually a few of us, a few female um, Barry Sachs players. And we called ourselves the Barry Babes. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was super cute um, because again that's it wasn't very common to have female berry players but in that one section of our of, of our city of, of those high schools it was pretty much only female berry sax players I had never seen a, a, a male berry sax player in a high school until I started to go to other high schools like competitions and stuff um, so it was almost kind of a a, a club of us until until I started to see the real world and notice not a lot of us out there actually. When you got to college, I had read like you were getting a lot of pushback from like educators and peers who kind of had attitude with you wanting to play baritone sax, berry sax. I'm wondering like what were some of those comments they were saying? 
the saxophone males in in the studio um well you know why does she think she just play that and not do the tradition or not do this or that for me what makes you a berry sax player or what makes you a tenor or an alto player if you, if you choose to specialize in one is the instrument that makes you feel the happiest it's the one that you feel like you can produce the best sound the most controlled sound the biggest and even control it as much to get the smallest sound possible and i just had the biggest skill set in my berry sax I had skill sets in tenor and alto because I had to play those things, but I felt truly alive when I played my berry sax. And that actually happened in, in at San Jose State, my private teacher. I just said, you know, please just let me play like, let me play one song or one piece on berry sax. Just 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 um humor me. And then so I played him one, and then after that one lesson, he goes, Lydia, you really came alive. From then on too, he let me play that same piece in front of the whole studio. The whole sax, the studio means um, all the saxophone majors. All the comments were like, wow, Lydia, you really are a berry player. Like, wow, you really are this, you really are that. And, and from that day on, actually my bullies are, were gone. They didn't bully me anymore. <laughs> Do you feel like your instrument allows your personality to come out? When I'm playing my berry sax, I feel huge. I feel powerful. I feel seven feet tall. I feel like no one can tell me shit. Like, I feel so good about myself. I just really love myself. And when I have my saxophone on, it's almost tenfold. I don't feel like a five foot tall little girl. I don't feel like I only weigh a hundred pounds. You know, that's totally out the window. And, and I feel on top of the world. How would you define jazz or what does jazz mean to you? Since I'm not a strictly jazz musician, I see it as an old term that was kind of put onto us, if you could say, because when the, the word jazz was popularized, it was from white musicians in white spaces, um, a moment or a time where our Black musicians weren't allowed in these spaces, but it was their music. I've heard this phrase that sounds beautiful in my opinion. It's called BAM, Black American music. And that's a phrase that I've seen floating around kind of in place of the word jazz. Jazz musicians are are doing a really good job at at, at keeping that conversation going and saying, you know, the word jazz is dead, but really give it the name that it was sh it should have had from the beginning. I never heard of BAM, B-A-M, but that makes a lot of sense. You play with a lot of different groups across a lot of different genres. For example, I'm thinking of like the electronic band, Madame Gandhi. You played with the cumbia group La Misa Negra and and also like the, the marching band for the Golden State Warriors, the, the Bay Blue Notes. Like you have so much range. Oh, thank you. I would love to just kind of have you paint that picture for us, like um, what it's like to play for the Warriors and, and for a crowd like that. Playing for the Warriors is just... The funnest time. I actually broke my neck strap, the thing that holds your saxophone up around your neck. I was jumping around 
cleaned my saxophone way too hard that I broke my neck strap twice. That's how fun that gig is. Like they let us jump, yell. They can, we can literally yell warrior like as loud as we want to, and and, and it's just the most beautiful energy. They have us playing Mac Dre, we play E40, like, they have a really lovely um, repertoire that they give to us. Lydia is booked and busy, collaborating with music groups across genre. But during the pandemic's lockdown, she had the time and space to record her own original music. One of her songs, Mudville Sun, is on a bunch of my Spotify playlists. So I asked her for the backstory. Mudville is another word um, that you would call Stockton, which is my hometown. It's like a little nickname for Stockton. Um, it goes by Port City, Mudville, you know. I don't know how popular those are throughout the whole city, but uh, Mudville and Port City are ones were, that were popular during my generation, at least. The song is an ode to good times in Stockton. Lydia wrote it to capture a specific feeling. When I used to drive all the way around Stockton, chilling with my sister, we would just be chilling hard anywhere, we'd go wherever we wanted and just have a beautiful time. Outside of playing and recording and collaborating, you are teaching music as well to K through fifth grade students. And I saw this like really sweet TikTok video you made and the caption um, said, when you become the queer androgynous Latinx teacher you needed as a kid. And then like you're in the background just like rocking and like your curls are just like shaking. Can you say more about this? Yeah, so I it was like a day where I was like, wow, you really have to take a step back and realize what you're actually giving to the kids besides music, you know, and and thinking back to the teachers that I had as a kid, I never had a teacher that looked like me or that had big, messy hair. I feel like all teachers always tried to be so put together. I always kind of wanted to be a music teacher just because mu music was the thing I was best at but also just to encourage students to be different and not trying to be like everybody else because we don't want to clone, just a world of clones. One of the first classes I taught, I remember we, I went around and the name game was like, what's your name? And what is something you like about yourself? And I don't, I don't actually remember anyone ever asking me that when I was little. What's something you love about yourself that you just like really dig? So what I love about myself is I love that I am very kind and I love my big messy hair. And then it's just kind of the way I teach and kind of just give that positivity everywhere else. Like once you grow that seed of self-esteem, they'll get a branch. And then later on, they'll actually have a full tree of self-esteem instead of adults constantly cutting them down and I feel like for me I just want to have a whole you know generation of trees because I've been teaching <laughs> since 2016. Yeah it sounds like the kids like through learning how to um, play music play instruments like it's it's also teaching them how to love themselves. Very true.
do your students know you are this like premier saxophone player? Like when you're not with them, do they realize like you're out playing gigs and traveling with your instruments? They actually do know that I'm a musician because um, when I play music for them in the classroom, I'm always using any type of recording that I can to show them new music. Um, so I show them uh, selfishly all the music that I like, but also um, to let them know how things work with what I do. I show them my music that I have recorded with my bands, um, my my song, My Little Son. And they're getting more curious, which I really enjoy. And just having that conversation with them, like, you know, where did you play last week? I have this kid that constantly, constantly keeps saying, so did the Warriors win? So did you play with the Warriors? So what went on this week? And I was like, honey, I didn't play this week, but um, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's just super cute. What message are you communicating through the music you're performing? There's not a lot of berry sax players, so I feel even more special and rare that I'm a female berry sax player. So that in itself gives me a lot of power, and I feel like that's what I like to exude when I'm playing. That's the message, is uh, the power of being yourself so genuinely that that it's almost uh, an, act, an act of revolution. Keep doing what you're doing, because like, it's really inspirational. Thank you. Thank you so much. Big, big thank you to Lydia Rodriguez. Your positivity and vibrance is contagious. So excited to see your musical journey progress. To stay up to date on Lydia's upcoming shows, check out her website, LydiaPeaceLoveSax.com, or follow her on Instagram. You can find her at LydiaPeaceLoveSax, that's spelled as one word. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Tell folks to subscribe to Right Nowish on their favorite podcast platform. Word of mouth promotion really helps a ton. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Marisol Medina Cadena. Pendarvis Harshaw is our host with the mostest. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Christopher Beale is our engineer. Rice Stottenborough and Cesar Saldana make up our engagement team. Ethan Tobin Lindsay, Jen Chian, and Holly Kernan are the KQED execs. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.com. 
org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.